Welcome to the Dental CEO Show. I'm Dr. Sam Dar. And I'm Samantha Leonard. And we are the co-founders of Stream Dental HR. We started the show to talk about everything they didn't teach us in dental school, about running a business, managing a team, and being a leader. And as the CEO and office managers, it's your responsibility to hire the right people, onboard and integrate them with the right systems, motivate, engage, and lead them to success. With our experience owning, managing, and operating six multi-million dollar practices, we learned a thing or two on what not to do and eventually what our secret formula for success was. And it all boiled down to people and processes. That's what brought us lots of profit and success. Join us as we dive into everything from hiring, leadership, communication, systems, scaling, and HR. The most fundamental pieces to turn your practice from survival mode into growth mode. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental CEO Show. And in this episode, we're actually going to be talking a little bit more about a different type of conversation, a conversation that's more centered around opening a dental practice during a pandemic. And uh, we've, you know, our complete world has changed and so has our business structure, so has our operation, so has our hiring. And so we really wanted to focus in and talk to those who are looking to open up their practice or in the process of opening up their practice in the middle of this pandemic. And regardless, if you're starting an office, this is your first time or your 15th practice, there's a lot that goes into even getting us ready to that point to open up our doors. It's finding the space, it's building it out, it's ordering the equipment, hiring your team, plus 500 other items. And now throw a pandemic into the mix and there is extra protocols, extra considerations, extra programs that we need to make sure that we have within our business to be able to keep it protected and compliant and start it off on the right foot. And it's so overwhelming. And we work with hundreds of startups and we even have a specialist uh, uh, with tons of experience who knows a thing or two about starting practices. So we have a startup and growth guru with us, uh, Brianna. She's our growth strategist from Stream Dental HR. And so we wanted to put her in the hot seat and really just dive into what are some things that practice can be doing right now to set them up for success and manage their business um, and grow it and have a great team that's behind them to support them in this. So without further ado, welcome Brianna to the Dental CEO Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on one of my favorite topics, startup practices. Yes. Can't wait to dive in with you. So before we get started, why don't we uh, just let the audience know a little bit more about you? Yeah. So I've actually been in the dental industry for 13 years now, and I've probably done every position under the sun that you can think of. I've worked um, with a ton of startup practices, probably hundreds and hundreds of startups. I've worked with um, existing dentists in uh, their marketing area. I've run a dental call center. And now I'm focused on the growth uh, of Stream. So we've created a trusted partners program, brand ambassadors program, and this podcast, which I'm typically on the back end of, behind the scenes of, but now I'm actually on. So this is a, a nice um a nice break from that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, thanks for everything that you do here at stream. You've definitely helped us grow and, um, been able to just continue to help more and more practices and startups and, and in effect, just helping their, their team, their culture and their patients. So it's, uh, it's great to be able to have you on here today to talk about some great tips 
on what practice owners can be doing um, as they're preparing to open up their doors. And so we know there's a lot of ambitious dentists and practice managers who listen to this podcast. So I know they're going to be taking a lot of notes from you. I always do. Um, but let's let's talk about some hot topics right now, not only in startup world, but also in, in, in general, right? So, you know, things for practice owners that to consider is hiring your team in the middle of a pandemic? Um, what about training our team or doing vendor selections or compliance? Um, really dive into those together with you. So why don't we kind of start off by that first topic on what do we need to do right now as we're considering hiring our dream team right now? So I used to have a different approach to this, right? Um, I used to think, okay, let me just get a warm body in there before the practice opens. I'll train them on everything. Um, But that's not always a a good thing, right? Because what happens is it leaves a lot of training responsibility on the dentist. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times the dentist, while they have a great idea of how things should run and what those numbers should look like, they don't always know the ins and outs of each of these positions, right? So how to get a full breakdown from the insurance, how to post EOBs, um, all of all of these things that we should, that these people, these, these new hires need to be trained on. So if they don't know these areas, we kind of throw them into the mix. It kind of leaves a, a bad taste in their mouth. And while they might be hungry and they might have the drive, we're not setting them up for success. So what happens is these these new hires end up not coming back to the practice or they quit, right? Mm -hmm. So right then and there, we're already creating a a cycle, a revolving door. So we're already not set up for success ourselves. And six months down the line, we're going to find that we've already had two, three, four, maybe front office people that have come and gone and we're still searching for the right fit. So we think it's important to hire somebody who does have some experience somebody who is going to help you build what these SOPs are, what this looks like, what these processes are, because you definitely as a startup need systems to run off of. And you need somebody with some type of knowledge who is going to stick through and know that this is a startup. There's going to be a lot of learning curves. There's going to be a lot of systems that need to be created. And, you know, they're going to help you through that. And they're not going to leave you. And, And that way, whoever you hire after that, we're setting them up for success and they're going to stay a long time and you're just building a really strong team. Yeah. And you know what? One word I think would summarize all of that is they're building their, that way, like you were mentioning is, is building your business based on like a sustainable business, right? Because like you were saying, if we're throwing a warm body in there and I understand I have been there, I have done that many times that we're just so desperate. We need to bring somebody on board who, you know, this person will do. And then later on, we're the ones who are, um, caught off guard again, Mm -hmm. right? Like this person has left. Now we're shorthanded. Now we're just in more and more chaos. And that then we're, basically in the state of burnout, we're leading towards burnout versus as a startup, you need all of that energy to just focus on growing the business, taking care of patients, creating raving fans. And that's what our time and our energy should be focused on. Not, you know, waiting, you know, 
trying to teach somebody something that we don't even know. So when we're at home, we're actually up until 3 a.m. learning how to YouTube and try and figure out how to do insurance ourselves so that we can teach somebody the next day, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, like you said, it's just kind of really setting everybody up for success, but most importantly, setting that practice up for success. Absolutely. And we don't want to burn out Doc before, you know, he can really get started and and get those patients into the chair. So that's just going to be the best option for you. Hire somebody who knows a little something who will help you, um, companies that can help you um, create what those processes look like, but you definitely need to hire somebody with a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. And I think the toughest part as well, when, um, you know, these, these ambitious doctors are, are just starting this this new, exciting journey in their career. Um, a lot of these parts of like running and being a CEO isn't taught in school. Right. And a lot of these things, we, we kind of jump in and we learn from our mistakes, but again, that's time and energy that we've just kind of burnt through learning from that mistake. Um, when, if we do things the right way, and prepare before we actually need to hire somebody, that's when we're going to see faster success. We're attracting better people. We're attracting the right people. We're making sure they're doing the right things at the right time because we know what the business needs. So, you know, some things that we recommend and we help our practices with is, you know, really identifying who your ideal candidate is. What does my business need for the first six months of operations? Then obviously after those six months, you've reached those benchmarks. Now you're essentially at that next level. And then once you're at that next level, the business totally needs something different. So mapping those pieces out and working with somebody like Brianna, who knows, you know, okay, doc, here's the success path for the first month, six months, nine months, months. And once they have those directions, it's much easier to be able to see, okay, I need uh, an admin person who has XYZ experience, who, um, you know, here's the roles and responsibilities of what they need to be focused on every single day. Here's the metrics and the KPIs that they need to be um, making sure that they're hitting because then that helps make sure that I'm on track and the business is on track so that we can reach our next um uh, you know, benchmarks and, and goals. So, you know, just having those pieces is really going to make the biggest difference than just opening up your doors and just hoping and praying things are going to work out. Unfortunately, a business doesn't grow on hopes and prayers. We need to have a good plan of action, right? Absolutely. So I like how you mentioned that. So, you know, searching for the ideal candidate, there's a lot of different stops involved, right? There's a lot of different checkpoints. Uh, one of those, if we can kind of backtrack a little bit, is creating your brand. It starts with that. What does your brand look like? Who are we marketing to? What, what kind of atmosphere are we creating, not only for patients, but for your future employees? So we need to figure out what that is. And then everything we're doing after that's created just drives that home. It needs to drive it home. It needs to have that mission and vision in mind um, when you're looking for new patients, when you're hiring somebody, when you're putting out these mailers. I mean, all of that is going to make sure that you have somebody that sticks with you and is attracted mm -hmm. to your practice, right? We need to get patients and employees attracted to your practice. So we really need to figure out what that looks like. That's huge. And like you said, it's kind of almost like the epicenter uh, or the, um, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for. It's kind of like the sun and everything rotates around. It. Yes. 
right? Like that is your guiding principle for your organization and for your business. So like you said, marketing is all about branding. What does, you know, your dental practice represent? Um, What are you doing for the community? What kind of impact you're making? And once you're marketing that, um, you need to make sure that you're hiring people who are going to actually help you carry out that mission, vision, core values, who believe in your mission, vision, core values. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of the things that we do as well with when we're working with our clients is their mission, vision, and core values. We do the same thing. Everything surrounds that. All of the policies we create, all of the job descriptions, even the the interview questions, you want to make sure that those people are in alignment with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we see practices who aren't prepared and ha- don't have those standard standardized job interview questions that are built around who you know, our ideal candidate and what the business needs. Oftentimes they just walk into an interview and, and they just ask a bunch of questions that they just think about on the spot, but it's not really finding out, okay, does this person, you know, what's this person's uh, philosophy on customer service uh, is what's this person experience if they were put in a scenario where a patient was, um, you know, all of a sudden, the last meeting that we had or appointment we had with them, there was a, a, a cavity that we were just kind of watching. And now it's a full blown root canal. How's this person going to treat and empathize and communicate that with to that patient? So this is where making sure that you have the strategic HR component built into your business plan and business function is really what's going to make um, the biggest and most drastic difference um, in your startup. Absolutely. You cannot have a successful and growing uh, practice unless you have a solid team behind you. You can be the best dentist on this planet, but if you don't have that support system on in the practice, it means nothing. Samantha Leonard here. I just wanted to jump in the middle of this episode to tell you about a course that we are launching June 21st. We are so excited for this brand new program that I couldn't wait to tell you. We know that health and safety has been on the top of everybody's mind right now, but maintaining a safe workplace can be hard when health and safety rules are constantly changing, they're complex, and they're confusing. What we have decided to do is put together a 10-week online training program designed to help practice owners, practice managers, your health and safety representatives, and committees for your practice build a successful and compliant occupational health and safety department for your dental practice. This health and safety trip program is designed to educate and provide real life solutions to real workplace situations. It's gonna cover sexual harassment prevention, workplace violence and bullying protocols and investigations, emergency procedures and protocols, workplace injuries, COVID-19 changes to the workplace, investigations and reportings, and much, much more. Your practice may be eligible to get funding for this program through the Canada Job Grant. And coverage and eligibility ranges between 50 to 100% depending on your province. So make sure to contact us right away so that we can help you utilize this great program to provide the training and resources that your team needs to be able to make sure that you are complying with employment legislation and making sure everybody is safe and healthy in the workplace. If you want more information, please visit StreamDentalHR.com. Right now, the hiring market is is totally different, right? And it's taking twice as long to find people. The, the pool of candidates is limited. So what are some things practice owners should be considering right now? And what are some things that they should be, you know, kind of having realistic expectations on when it comes to hiring their team? 
So what used to take two to four weeks to fill a position is now taking two to four months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the generous side of things, right? So oftentimes, depending on the market, it could take a little bit longer. So how are you looking for your employees? What type of ads are you putting out? Are they attractive ads? Or what, what are you saying? How are you bringing it home? What are the benefits that you're providing them? All of this is going to be really important to attract the right employee. Where are you looking for them? You know, as an HR company, we look for a lot of um, positions, uh, applicants, right, to fill these positions at different dental practices. But we don't go, there's not a magic wand that we wave around, right, to go to a new platform and just get these applicants. It's what we're putting out there and how we're wording it. And I think that is so important. Another avenue to look at is, you know, maybe you as a startup and the vision that you have, you know, you're wanting to create maybe three or four practices down the line. So you have a lot more to offer an applicant. These are important when you're finding somebody, this is probably going to give you a lot of leverage. If you're looking for somebody maybe on LinkedIn who has a position already, but that you might feel would fit better in your organization, right? And you can promise them a different type of position later on down the line. So I think that these are different things that you definitely need to leverage right now because it's a tough market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great points. And like you said, I think what used to work back then of just putting a job ad out on any you know job board, we would get dozens of applicants and we would kind of have the the pick of the litter, so to speak. And now it's put a job ad out there and with weeks and weeks and weeks and barely get maybe one or two or a handful. So it's completely different on how we take that approach. And now, instead of just sitting and waiting, now we've actively have to be almost a headhunter and start, you know, finding different pipelines and different ways to source candidates. And, um, you know, that's where it's really important to make sure that, as you're putting a job ad out there, you also need to realize that you're not the only dentist on the block who's hiring there. You're probably competing against uh, some places. Some cities have over 300 job postings for this, you know, in dentistry. So there's a lot for people as they're scrolling through to be able to see, oh, this sounds great. This sounds great. So how are you standing out to compete against the other offices? So it's really the same kind of techniques that we're using to stand out with marketing to attract patients, we need to apply those exact same principles when it comes to attracting great people. 100%. Yeah. So uh, another piece that we, I, I guess, as we're kind of going through this topic right now, this almost kind of sounds like this is a, a good first layer. Like this is something that for hiring, you know, okay, as they're building their timeline, they're not like, two weeks before I start, I need to put my job ad out there. Now they're starting to see, okay, on this timeline, four months out, I should be starting the process. So you're almost kind of going backwards and you need to see, okay, I need to know, uh, I need to have my, my job descriptions. I need to know my numbers. I need to know the type of, uh, uh, candidates I need to be looking for. I need to build my interview questions almost a month or two before that. And so if we're kind of looking at that timeline, what are there some pieces that practices should be also kind of uh, evaluating and maybe adjusting in their timeline uh, to be ready to open their doors? So while we know, you know, things in a, or the timeline of a startup can be very unpredictable, what you might think today isn't going to be it tomorrow, 
but it's very important to strategically sit down and place these items within a timeline so that you're giving yourself a grace period and enough time to complete these items. And then day opening day, we're not trying to scramble and figure everything out. So um, what's important is to kind of fit those vendor selections on there. So if you're vetting three vendors for HR and you're vetting three vendors for credit card terminals, and you need to have enough time to vet, to select, to sign up, and then to train, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're training, but you also need to train whoever's going to be doing that in the in the office, right? So I would say um, you don't want to wait until a week before your practice opens. Um, there's a lot of implementation that that'll be involved depending on what vendors you're choosing and, and what you're working with. So I would say you want to start that process probably three to four months before you open definitely before construction's ending. Um, When you figure out what software you're going to use, you wanna give your team enough time to get acclimated to that. Um, You're wanting to not only train them on your specific systems, whatever those may be, but also on that software if they haven't worked with it. So at least two weeks um, is gonna be be a, a good enough time, right? They're never going to be fully ready unless they're actually working with it and seeing patients, but you want to give them some time to get acclimated. You want to allow that grace period. Yeah, definitely. And when you think even about just the week or two before opening their doors, that's kind of like, you know, the last minute installation pieces, um, getting all of your equipment, doing inventory, setting up the the ops and then training the team. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's so much work that's involved in the last two weeks. And so, you know, here at stream, we're all about trying to make dentist life less stressful and offloading some pieces. And so, you know, one word of advice, like Brianna had mentioned is just, really making sure that you're giving yourself that breathing room, that grace period, that, um, you know, the, the, the period of, Hey, I've got to be ready to roll with whatever punches come my way and still give myself enough room, uh, and runway to, uh, adjust and pivot and make whatever changes I need. Um, but I'm trying to juggle all of this, you know, a hundred different balls all at the same time. So um, like Brianna had mentioned, it's really important to make sure that you've, you've got your timeline, you prioritize um, and, you know, making sure that you have enough time for all those pieces. Like for example, stream, you know, working with us, it takes about three months for us to develop your, your employee handbook, develop the hundred plus documents that we give you, train you on those pieces, help you as you're actively, you know, onboarding and, uh, in, you know, reviewing your team members. So those are all the pieces that are important that you make sure that you plan out and have all of those pieces ready. Is there, is there any other companies or any other, um, uh, you know, like uh, business strategies that you recommend to kind of fit and prioritize in that timeline? Yes. So in our industry, outsourcing has become a very intricate part of a practice. It allows the dentist to be lean and mean when it comes to staffing, but still be able to take on that volume, right? Volume of new patients. You're going to be sending out mailers. You're going to be investing a lot of money in marketing. You need to have a safety net to help you answer those calls. So I always recommend, and Honestly, it doesn't matter who the practice is, where you're located. I 
truly, truly believe that you need to have a call center in place, a dental call center in place, not just an answering service, somebody who can pick up the phone and actually schedule that appointment for you. Like I said, you're investing a lot of money. How would you hate, how much would you hate it if your front office was on the phone with somebody and while she's on that phone, getting that insurance information, she lost five new patient calls and they're not going to wait around for you to call them back. They're going to move on to the next one. So we have to capture those immediately when they call. I personally recommend, um, you know, uh, I would say call force front desk DDS is another great one. I just recommend that this gets started three months before your opening. You don't want to come in opening day with the full staff, but you're not able, you're not producing anything because we don't have patients on the schedule. It's setting you back. So you want to definitely make sure we're answering patient calls. We have those mailers out. We have the digital marketing started and that way three months in advance, patients are calling and booking for opening day and on. Yeah, that's super important. And, uh, you know, uh, sharing a little horror story of my experience when we, uh, we started the bankers hall office and, uh, I was employee zero. So I was doing everything. I was front desk, dental assistant, treatment coordinator. Um, and so sometimes when we would have our patients days, when Dr. Dar would fly in, um, I would be seeing, I would be the dental assistant. So I'd be in the back, but nobody was covering the front. And so we would, I would just hear the phone ringing and ringing and ringing, and it would just break my heart every single time I couldn't answer that. But like you were saying, you know, there's so many great companies out there right now and so many ways to just outsource, um, those, those calls to a call center. And the great thing about these call centers is that they're already trained in, you know, in this and booking appointments and speaking about treatment. And so they're already set up to be able to, and and specifically trained to convert. And as a new business owner, I want to make sure that when my doors open, whatever the first of the month, I want to be already booked up for two weeks. Like how amazing would that be um, to already have a full schedule and see that ROI on your marketing dollars? Absolutely. And it's a lot cheaper than hiring another front office person. So double the perks and less pay, right? So um, <laughs> I definitely recommend that. I would definitely recommend against skip, skimping. I know budget's tight. I know there's a lot of first-time expenses, one-time expenses, but this is not something that we should uh, skimp on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even, even with you know the team being on board too, if you have one admin person, who's spending that extra time trying to build their relationships with those new patients coming through the door, but the phones are ringing off the hook and it's the same problem. They're busy, you know, trying to uh, create raving fans and they can't answer the phone. So it's definitely a great resource to, to, to consider, to be able to make sure that uh, you have a good ROI on that marketing. So speaking of marketing, any type of, I know we kind of did a high level overview of, you know, some marketing um, expertise and, and some tips, but is there anything else that you would recommend for practice owners to start considering or start putting into action? So playing off of building our brand uh, is getting involved in the community. So guerrilla marketing, ground marketing, that is so very important as a startup practice. How can you get involved in the community? What events can you become a part of? What fundraisers can you um, donate to? You know, how can you get your name out there in the community? 
because that is how you are going to get patients. That's how you're going to touch mom of 10's heart because she knows that you actually care about the people within the community. Guerrilla marketing is huge. So not only will you do those action items, but I definitely recommend looking at the practice, uh, not the practices, the businesses in the surrounding area. How can you partner with these businesses and offer your services to their clientele? So if you have gyms near you, if you have hair salons, if you have nail salons, obviously those type of clients do care about their looks and their appearances. So you could offer your dental services to them. Maybe those clients get a certain percentage off or they get a first new patient appointment free. Whatever that looks like, I definitely recommend doing that. You'd be surprised on how many patients you can get. Um, but not only going after their clientele, how can we market to those employees? Do you have a bank that's near you? Banks have really good insurances. Can you drop donuts by in order to get them? Hey, you know, before the end of May, if we have you come in, you get a free consult for ortho or whatever that may be, we can leverage not only their clientele, but their employees as well. Guerrilla marketing is going to be huge to expand your brand, build a good reputation in the community and get new patients. Yeah, that was brilliant. And I think we need, just need to need to remember that what was working back then is no longer working anymore. And before we used to just think that oh, I'm just going to put a bunch of mailers and SEO and set it and forget it. And I'm going to get a ton of calls and yes, that will contribute to, um, you know, to getting new patients through the door. But if we want to, you know, uh, have a full schedule uh, and if we want to reach certain quotas and we need to do things differently. And so marketing is completely different right now. And the marketing that really attracts good quality um, patients is building that personal connection. Like, you know, how many practices I, I mean, even our clients, they are doing crazy, amazing things on social media, doing TikTok videos, doing reels, doing, you know, like Facebook lives and just really kind of showing behind the scenes, what we do, the, the changes that we make, the lives that we impact, um, the smiles that we improve, like that is what brings that personal connection to those patients. And that's what they want to, to go to now is they want to have that relationship and know the hygienist before they come in because they've watched their TikTok videos or have seen, you know, their, their pictures with their family or their dogs. Those are things that are really going to set your practice apart. And it's, we don't have to wait until their doors are open. Like these are things that we should start doing as soon as basically we have the space available and construction has started, even if it's just skeletons, we can start doing that right away. And the benefits are unreal. Even if it's behind the scenes of your construction process, I mean, show the community that you are a real person, right? Make that connection. I think it's also important that, you know, patients want to feel comfortable right now during this pandemic to come to a dental office, to sit in a chair, to have somebody in their mouth, right? That's quite intimate. Um, so by doing these things that you mentioned, by doing these TikToks and these lives and all this good stuff, they're going to feel a lot more comfortable. You can show them how you're going that extra mile and what your processes are for this. And I think it all just stacks on each other and, you know, build your patient base. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, that's a dual purpose marketing. This is exactly when we're working with our startups, 
you know, we kind of almost have like an employer branding, you know, strategy program where we're working with them to help them put these, these type of pieces into their actual uh, employment, like attracting employees, because it's the same thing. We, we see that, um, you know, maybe the, the mom that's watching your, all your TikTok videos and the behind the scenes of the construction process, they're watching it and they're friends of a friend of a dental assistant. And they see that you're putting a job ad out there and, you know, she's already your brand ambassador. And so she's telling this dental assistant about it and the assistants, you know, have, maybe they've been passively looking for a while. They like their job, but they're just looking for that next opportunity. And maybe they are excited for the option to be able to work with a company where they can be a part of building something from the ground up. And they've, then they start watching your videos. Then they start going like, oh my goodness, this doctor sounds amazing. And look at the charity work that they do. And look at this, this, and this. And then now they have the connection. And as soon as you put the job ad out there, you're going to have dozens of resumes. And I mean, Brianna, how many practices of ours that we work with who are applying these actual strategies that we've been, you know, supporting them on and building the employer branding strategies, they have dozens of resumes Mm -hmm. from the moment they put their job ad out there in this type of climate in this market. The cream of the crop, yeah, definitely, because yeah. they started from, you know, three months ago, and they worked hard at building this. It's mm-hmm. just they're, they're the biggest success stories. I'll tell you that. Yeah, for sure. I can even think of one. Uh, they're in a rural community, and I mean that's tough to find. Very. You know, registered dental assistants, hygienists, and she had to. She had like ten people that she wanted to offer the job to because they were all phenomenal people. 10 in a rural community and fill that position super quickly. So these are things that we need to just start thinking a little bit different. What, you know, from what the reality was like last year, that was so like 2019 and now like (laughs) 2021 is totally different. So, um, the next topic I want to talk about is, is the team aspect. So the same thing we're, we're dealing with managing a team a little bit differently now. Managing a team. So the way that, well, you know, a lot of dentists are afraid to manage a team because you're working with a lot of different personalities. You're working with a lot of different people. Um, How do you connect to each of these personalities, but not offend anybody, right? So what does managing look like? Well, we got to set up our training system, a portal, something, right? We have to have a solid base of systems to go off of. And then what, what processes are you doing on a daily basis? Are we having a morning huddle? And if you're having a morning huddle, who's leading the morning huddle? What I think is least effective is to have one person leading a morning huddle every morning, talking at the team. Everybody checks out. They're thinking about their coffee. They don't really care. Let me get clocked in and go about my day, right? So I think one way to kind of break that up is, when you're managing a team, you need to assign some specific um, checkpoints or KPIs to everybody on the team so that they are responsible to to build and report on these items during the morning meetings. They're responsible. They're going to take pride in it. And they're going to make sure if I had to get five Google reviews yesterday, you know, I got five Google reviews. I made sure that I scheduled 20 recalls yesterday. Nobody walked out of the practice without having a recall scheduled. And what is, what accountability does that look like? Right? So that is part of the accountability process is assigning it to somebody, 
which we have included in our job descriptions, right? So assigning it to somebody, reporting on it, and then having that accountability of them speaking on it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you said, it's super important to at least have some sort of a program like that built in so that when we are training and onboarding this new team, they understand what our goals are for this quarter, for the following quarter, for the end of the year. And then we set those checkpoints up. So like you were saying, building it into their job descriptions and then making sure, you know, maybe in the morning huddle, we've got a whiteboard that has all those metrics on it. So we, every single day are essentially holding ourselves and everybody else accountable. And if we see that, Hey, we didn't reach our number yesterday. What are we doing today? Y'all, what are we doing today to make sure that we make up for yesterday? What's some opportunities that exist within our, um, within our schedule, you know, and then maybe we have Susie who's like, Hey, I just thought of Mrs. Jones yesterday came in and said that she wants to go ahead with this Invisalign, but we didn't have enough time, but it looks like we have a hole in the schedule today. Let's give her a call right? This is the type of like mindset and behavior and um, stakeholders that we need to start building and nurturing that with all the systems that we have created and worked with our team to integrate into our organization. And that's what's really going to skyrocket. Like you were saying, I mean, managing a bunch of different people, different personality styles is very, very difficult. And it's never going to get easy. And that's why HR is complex because people are complex, but it's really, you know, establishing the communication. It's establishing what direction we're going. And then as the leader, we're, we're empowering our team. We're showing them the direction and then we're setting up those accountability processes. So I, I think that's, you know, some, some great advice. So I think these are the building blocks to creating passionate employees people who take pride in the work that they're doing, right? When I used to be in charge of scheduling for um, the docs in the practice, if one person fell off of the schedule, I made such a good rapport with these patients that I would know exactly who to call in to fill that appointment. And it would just make me so excited, so happy to fill that and know that I had no holes. And that's what we're kind of, that, that's what we're building, right? We're building these, um, these, employees to have passion, to take pride in what they're doing, to know the why, the why behind it, to have pride in the practice as a whole. Um, and, you know, incentives don't hurt. You, you often think, well, I'm paying you. That's, I mean, I don't promise you anything outside of your pay. I'm pretty generous, right? I'm paying you your salary, but, you know, you'd be surprised on what incentives you could offer would really skyrocket the, the production of your practice. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of practice owners kind of shy away from that, especially, you know, as a startup, we want to stay lean and mean and make sure that we've got a good, you know, rainy day fund for the what ifs. Um, But it doesn't have to break the bank. It could be something as easy as, hey, guys, if we reach this quota by the end of this quarter, then, you know, like dinner's on me. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever, you know, hopefully once the world gets back to normal, we can do some fun team building activities again, or there's great virtual ideas that we can, you know, do like a trivia night on zoom or Hey, happy hour. Uh, I'm going to buy everybody a bottle of wine. 
let's just join on zoom. Let's hang out for the next 30 minutes and play a game, like just something small, but it means a lot. And it means you're, you're rewarding them for the work that they're putting in to help grow the business. So a lot of things that practice owners and startups, you know, need to consider as not only are you the, the business owner, you're the practitioner, but now you're the HR manager, you're the CEO, you're the leader. There's a lot of different hats that need to be worn to, um, to effectively make sure that this ship is running and it's going to reach its final destination. And we're all a part of that and helping, you know, reach that destination together. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I want to kind of pivot a little bit and talk about, um, compliance piece because, Naive Brianna, when I was working with dentists who would tell me, you're going to laugh at me, but who would tell me, I got this um, outline from my friend for a handbook, or I'm going to write my own handbook. And I would say, okay, just make sure that you're going here and making sure that you're, you know, you're compliant within your state or your province, you know, legislation, regulation, all that good stuff. And that's fine. That's cool. That's not cool. I I knew then what I know now, oh my gosh, I will tell you that is the biggest mistake for any dentist because this is the start of, again, this goes back to branding and culture, building a culture for your practice, but protecting your practice, your biggest asset. Yeah, for sure. And I, it's so funny that you said that because it's true. I, I think, you know, I understand as a, as you know, a, a business owner myself, it's, you want to stay, you want to, you know, stay in a budget. Yes. And so sometimes we're like, okay, well, HR, like it's basically just a bunch of documents that I think I could just create that on my own. Right. And yes, you most certainly can, and you can Google and you can copy and paste, but then that's a lot of times where we see practices are totally totally out of compliance. Cause now they copied it, um, from another em- employee handbook that's in a different province in a different state. And maybe that a practice has more than 20 employees. And so now there's different, uh, policies or structures. Yep. So if there's anything that, um, you know, if we, if we're doing it, we want to make sure that we do it right. Um, we want to make sure that our business is protected. Um, and just, you know, they've, uh, they've invested so much time and energy and money into this. And this is probably one of the biggest investments that they're going to make. You want to make sure that your investment is protected and it's working for you. And it's important to make sure that you're working with professionals who do this day in and day out. Like our team can put together some great pieces and save practice owners a ton of time. Like for a practice to be able to do this on their own, literally probably would take them around 250 hours to put together the handbook, put together the necessary documents, put together all the systems and everything that they need. And I mean, 250 hours, I think probably would be used pretty good on a marketing campaign or other things. Dentists are brilliant, brilliant minds, brilliant people, but let's not have you spend all your time trying to make sense of legislation and state rules and and compliance, right? And then you're missing something. And like you mentioned, it's a domino effect. It's going to throw everything else off. At the end of the day, like 
let's put it all together. If we're not hiring um, somebody with experience or somebody who's going to be a good fit for your practice. And then at the end of the day, you're letting them go. You have this handbook. They found a loophole. You're having to pay them um, unemployment. I mean, this all goes together. If you're not investing in somebody who, in a company who is going to create this handbook for you to protect you, then you're going to lose a lot more money than what you're paying for your handbook. That's for sure. For sure. And I mean, even just these pieces right now, like with, with COVID-19, for example, like there's, there's more hazards in the workplace. And if we don't have our health and safety, if we don't have, um, you know, our protocols to be able to keep our team members safe and somebody injures themselves on the job or gets sick from some, something because of our, our office and we don't have the right protocols, boy, oh boy, you're going to be spending a lot more time and a lot of money and investigations happen. And we're seeing it more and more every single day and getting those phone calls. It's just not worth it. It's not worth putting yourself under that stress, you know, preserve that time, preserve that energy, invest it back into the company and, you know, work with, with a team of professionals to be able to help just the way that Brianna was talking about working with a good marketing company, working with a good call center, working with those pieces and those professionals and those experts and the companies that are really going to help bring that, uh, bring that success into your business. Good investment, help you sleep better at night, knowing that you're fully protected, no matter what happens in the practice, that you have a COVID-19 response plan, all of these things, you'll be able to sleep better at night that you know you wouldn't probably be able to come up with on your own. Yeah. So that's, that's my recommendation, at least. Well, that was a ton of information. And I know you and I, we, we love talking about this. And I, before um, we jumped on, I'm like, we could like create our own workshop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with all this information. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, before we finish this episode, what is one piece of advice that practice owners can implement right away and see instant results? My biggest recommendation and piece of advice would be invest in a metric software. Let's be real. Does your PMS have everything that you need? Yes. But are you going to pull each and every one of those reports, compile it together, then do the analytics to figure out where you stand? No, because again, you don't have the time. So you purchase a monthly software. You have to invest in that. Axel, Dental Intel, do it, do it. It's going to skyrocket your practice. You're not driving blind anymore. It's going to output everything that you need to, pr to produce more, see where you're standing, what you do, what knobs you need to turn in order to get to that next level. I recommend that for every practice. And I'm as passionate about that as I am about a call center. <laughs> awesome. Well, I agree with you because what doesn't get measured doesn't get managed. So if we're just blindly operating every single day and just going about our day. And then all of a sudden at the end of the month, we're looking at our numbers and we're like, well, why didn't we make this much? Well, now we're almost operating in a rear view mirror versus having a map and literally step-by-step -step directions on what we need to do to get us to that destination. So beautiful, great advice, great tips. Uh, thank you so much again for joining us. And uh, if you have any questions about um, what your practice needs, uh, if you're a startup or if you're established practice and what you need for HR, for compliance, for help hiring, 
give us a call, talk to Brianna and myself. We are very grateful for your time, Brianna, and for spending that and giving us some great information. Thank you. Again, a favorite subject. I can go on and on, but thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Join us on our next episode for more great conversations, strategies, and inspirations to help you grow and scale your team and business. If you love our show, make sure to leave a review, share it with your fellow dental friends, and remember to follow us and join our email list at streamdentalhr.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and even TikTok. See you next time.